Hi, everyone, and welcome to Four Years of Faith, a podcast on Catholicism in college. I'm Mary Joy Kozak, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Jackson. Kevin, how are you this morning? Doing terrific, MJ. How about you? I'm great. A little bit of a busy start to the week, but I'm at peace now. You know, Kevin, you and I had the opportunity to go on the senior Catholic retreat called La Storta this past weekend, which I know I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience? Sure. It was overall a really, really positive experience. I really enjoyed the retreat. I was reflecting with a friend yesterday about the difference between this retreat and my senior high school retreat and thinking about how kind of emotional my high school retreat experience was. And this wasn't quite like that. This was a little bit more time for individual reflection, um, great small group experience as well. And I left with a really good sense of what the next two months of senior year are gonna look like. So overall, left with that great sense of clarity and peace as you alluded to. Do you wanna talk a little bit about your experience as well? I know you were leading it. Yeah, no, for sure. I honestly couldn't have asked for a better retreat. Uh, You know, there's so many amazing aspects about the retreat from the gorgeous retreat center to the prayers and, you know, the faith conversations. But I think one of the things I appreciated most was all the time we had to reflect, uh, both individually and then with other people. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time reflecting on the past four years. um, And another fun element that I also liked about the retreat was the fact that I knew a lot of people on the retreat, um, including some of my close friends. But then... I also had the ability to meet new people who I had never met before and then get to know some people uh, even better. So, oh, plus you were there, Kevin. That was another benefit. That was probably the best part, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, you and you and the other leaders did a really good job, MJ. And again, thank you for all the work that you did. It was, it was a tremendous experience. No, absolutely. I think the leadership team was really, really thrilled how it turned out. Great. Well, you mentioned forming some new relationships on the retreat, and that ties in very nicely with our topic today, which is friendship. And as usual, we have a terrific guest joining us. We're thrilled to welcome our guest for this week's show, Carmen Fitzsimmons. Carmen is a 2008 Georgetown grad and has been back working at Georgetown for three years. She serves as the Catholic chaplain for Faith Formation, working with several of Catholic ministries groups such as Catholic Faith Communities, Catholic Student Advisory Board, as well as a variety of other activities. And she serves as a residential minister in Copley Hall. We're so excited that she's taken time to be with us today. Carmen, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm really great. Thank you, Kevin. I'm so glad to be here and honored to have this conversation with you. Well, amazing. Yeah, thank you again for being here today. Uh, We're excited for our conversation. You know, as Kevin mentioned, you serve in a variety of roles here on campus. Uh, You know, Kevin and I are quite familiar with (laughs) all that you do on campus, uh, mainly because we spend a lot of time with you um, in meetings and, you know, in other other capacities. For our listeners who may not know you as well, uh, would you mind giving us a brief overview of what you do here on the Hilltop? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So I'm a college chaplain, which means I accompany students throughout their faith journey in college. Um, And that takes a bunch of different iterations um, in different programs. So some of the programs I work on are Catholic faith communities, which you all know very well. Kevin and Mary Joy are some of the most important student leaders we have on Catholic faith communities. Um, And then Catholic Student Advisory Board, which is a group that plans programs for students. Um, I work on opportunities for people to explore their faith, um, to learn a little bit more, to go on a retreat, to do a program, to engage in spiritual direction, um, and then some of the pastoral elements, uh, accompanying students in crisis or um, 
trying to understand pieces of faith, uh, places to ask questions, things like that. So a lot of it is about relationships, uh, growing relationships with students and then um, connecting them to places where they can grow in their faith. I know MJ and I speak for all of our students when we say we're lucky to have you here at Georgetown. I remember the first time I met you, I think, was during an interview for a <laughs> position with uh, the Catholic Student Advisory Board, and we got along really well after I stopped saying, yes, ma'am. You know, you <laughs> You're so questions. Southern, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so once, once we got past that, we've gotten along great. So again, really glad that you're with mm -hmm. us, and, uh, and thanks for joining us on our show today. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you can you take yes sir back? <laughs> All right. So let's move into the main topic of discussion today, which is friendship. And so friends are a very popular topic in college, uh, but I think we don't often spend time to stop and ask. You know, what are the real value of friends? You know, is the value of friends just to have someone to go to Leo's with, um, or is it something more than that? Mm -hmm. And uh, how do we approach friendship in general? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question and one I talk about a lot with students, honestly. The value of friendships, the kinds of friends you have, the kinds of friends um, that change over time uh, are, are all things that I talk about a lot with students. I think at its deepest level, um, friends are the people who call you back to yourself, who encourage you to be yourself, to embrace yourself, to be honest with others and yourself about who you are. And I think that can take lots of different iterations, expressions. Um, one of the things I talk about a lot with students is you can have lots of different kinds of friends. You can have friends who you just do activities with or, or things that are more casual. You can have friends who come in and out of your life in different seasons. Um, and you can have the friends you keep forever. So there, the pressure to put everything into one relationship um, drives a lot of those conversations. But, but I think at its core, a, a friend, a true friend is someone who knows you, who values and respects you, and reminds you of those things. Um, because so often, I think when we stray, when we struggle, when we sin, or, or become uh, different, that's not the right way to phrase it, but, but um, stray from who we are, um, all of that is not really understanding or accepting ourselves um, for our gifts, for our values, for our limitations. Um, and a really good friend is someone who's going to be able to say, remember, you are this person. You, these are your values. These are your gifts. This is what you're good at. This is what you struggle with. Um, and be the person who, who calls you back to that. That's really good. I really like what you said there about the people that call you back to yourself. I think that's so important, and especially as you know, we have so many different influences throughout our day, especially here at Georgetown, that friends can be those people who kind of ground us and help us, uh, as you said, think about who we really are. There's a common saying that MJ and I were talking about earlier that says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Or, uh, as one of my favorite authors, Matthew Kelly, puts it a little differently. You know we had to work in a Matthew Kelly Do you like Matthew somewhere. Kelly? I no, don't even know if you never do. Never read him once, no. <laughs> um, but as he puts it, sooner or later, we all rise or fall to the level of our friendships. Do those pieces of advice resonate with the experiences of friendships that you've had before? 100%, both in my own experience and in talking to college students about friendship. You know, so much of our freshman retreat and my, my experience with talking with freshmen is that crisis of friendship. 
students arrive in college, arrive to college, they go through the orientation process or the sort of very exciting first few weeks and they meet a million people and they have a million new contacts in their phone um, and they get to know everybody and everybody is their new best friend. And then about two, three months into the year, they realize, oh no, (laughs) the people I have surrounded myself with don't really know me and I don't really know them, and the things they want to do, the the values that they hold, the activities they want to spend their time on, those don't really resonate with me. And now what do I do? How do I sort of rebuild? And that process, I think, happens over and over again in our lives. You know, so much of adulthood is working. So the the friendships I've developed through my work have been really valuable because I love my work and I think my work expresses my deepest values. Um, but what I hear from my other friends is sometimes it's not so true. Uh, sometimes those are the more superficial relationships in their life. Um, so yes, I've certainly had the experience of looking around and thinking, the people I'm spending my time with are not the ones who I want to express who I am and, and vice versa. They they don't understand who I am. Um, and trying to understand how to adjust that. I, I can certainly understand what Matthew Kelly is trying to say. So much of my experience has just been realizing like the people I've surrounded myself with are really negative or they're really superficial or they always want to complain. That often happens with work friendships as you get into sort of the let's complain about the working environment. And then you're like, okay, what else can we talk about? So uh, Matthew Kelly is on to something. I'll give him that. <laughs> and I think something else you alluded to, like, you know, when people come to college, all of a sudden their friendships are going to be different than they were in high school. Mm-hmm. I think one really unique aspect of friendships in college is that you're spending so much time with the mm-hmm. people that are your best friends. Mm-hmm. And as you were alluding to, they can have such an impact on you. Yeah, who you choose to spend your time with is important. Yeah, and that also makes me think of this idea of friendships of convenience. Mm -hmm. What I've heard about before, you know, I think I heard it on actually a retreat talk Mm -hmm. where they talked about this idea of friendships of convenience. And I think that's really interesting because I think especially as people come to college um, or as they move to a new job or this or that, a new setting, uh, people tend to just, you know, flock to whatever they spend the most time doing Mm -hmm. um, just because it's convenient. And I think in order to pull away from that and figure out actually the kind of friends that you want to cultivate um, requires you to kind of know what you want out of a friendship. And Mm -hmm. then also, uh, the the other thing that you said that I really liked uh, was this idea of, you know, people who call you again back to yourself and who remind you of your values and things along those lines. But I think what that requires, which makes it difficult, is a strong sense of self. And I think the better friends you can have uh, is based on how well you know yourself. Mm -hmm. And some of that, I think, in my life has gone sort of in the other direction of instead of really firmly knowing myself, um, reflecting on who are the people who make me feel good about myself? Who are the people who, when I bring something to them, uh, hold me up, uh, support me, give me a sort of vision of how I might move forward from this challenge. And and coming to understand that, I've come to understand myself more deeply. I think about some of the friends I had in graduate school who really were very affirming and very um, positive. <laughs> they were able to help me understand how can I move on from this educational experience to a career. And it was only in reflection later that I realized that was a part of a process of me coming to understand myself. So, so it, I think it's a little bit of both and. You understand yourself and you pick good friends as a result, but good friends help you understand yourself. And then you go and you find good friends as a result of that. 
that. I love that. That's great. Yeah, and I think, again, this is so relevant to college Mm -hmm. when people are trying to figure out themselves in addition to their friends. And super important for those transition moments, right? The friendships are the are the things that get you through those transitions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're constant in you know a world of change. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I think we'd like to pivot a little bit and dive into the connection between friendships and faith, and see how those things might relate to each other in important ways. Um, first of all, Carmen, what's the importance of having friendships rooted in faith at all? And then I think Kevin, I know you and I both have some thoughts on that as well. So obviously, if we're talking about values, and meaning, and purpose, and, and where you, you find life in, in your everyday existence, I think faith is going to be a part of that. Um, I have had really extraordinary friendships with people of faith who both have been a model to me, um, examples of people who are striving to live a Christian life and, and a commitment to those values. Um, then I've had really good friends who haven't been uh, people who want to live a Christian commitment, Christian life, but have understood and respected why that was important to me. And and so I think, especially as you transition, uh, mostly to a world that is not uh, rooted in faith, I think that's an important thing to to look out for, is not necessarily um, always or exclusively looking for people who share exactly 100% of your values, but finding the people who are going to understand and say, I understand why that's important to you, and I'm going to honor that and see that as one of your gifts, not something that holds you back. Um, because that's I have experienced that in my life. I had a relationship where someone loved a lot of things about who I was, but then said, yeah, but you, you believe in God. You, you have a, a faith commitment, and that's, you know, that's not one of your best attributes. Um, and I was horribly offended, obviously, to say, like, that's, if you can't understand why that's important to me, then you don't understand me. Um, so, so faith and friendships go together you almost can't have a respect and understanding for faith um you can't have a friendship without a respect or understanding for faith for me i really like that and i like this question because there is something different about Mm -hmm. a friendship that's kind of rooted in faith as Mm -hmm. you were mentioning there i think for me at georgetown one of the key transitions was finding those friendships Mm -hmm. where faith was if not at the center then at least a significant part of it Mm -hmm. There's something different about those friendships. Mm-hmm. There's something that says, even though we might not like every little detail of something that my friend is doing, he might not like every single thing that I'm doing, we have that kind of shared experience and that shared love for one another and the shared experience of faith that says, yeah, maybe those little bit, those little details just aren't quite as important as what's shared. Mm-hmm. And that's been a really key transition for me in how I think about my friendships. You know, Mm -hmm. what's the common thing that links us together? And the ones that have been strongest for me are those where God or faith has been at the center of it. Mm. And there's great history of that in the Christian tradition. Um, You know, in different iterations, different expressions, people have called them soul friendships, or um, this is sort of the, the roots of the history of spiritual direction, that these are relationships rooted in faith and that each person is seeking to draw out that relationship with God for the other person. So I think about what you said of, there are lots of people who I can spend time with and really enjoy, 
But when I think about who's really connected to my soul, who's a soul friendship, uh, that's a much smaller group of people. Yeah, I love that concept of soul friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my best friends brought up this idea of soul friends. We had a conversation in our many, you know, long, deep talks. <laughs> um, and this idea really stuck with me, the idea of soul friends. And so I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, and I think it's, it's a really neat privilege and a gift to have found friends who understand you, you know, at the core of who you are. No, I think that's a really good point, MJ. And kind of along those lines, Karma, we'd like to ask, how do we foster these kinds of friendships in mm-hmm. faith in healthy ways? How do we really invest in those relationships and how can we grow spiritually alongside one another? Mm. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's a a difficult question. I sort of alluded to that earlier. Some of the things I would say is to keep looking. (laughs) Uh, So much um, of the conversations I've had with other friends about this is wanting deeper relationships, wanting deeper friendships, but not uh, seeking them out. Um, So, so constantly putting yourself in the position to have those conversations um, of depth of uh, substance um, and then making yourself available to that. Um, I've typically found that to be organic. Um, it's the the people who I go back to that, that I've found the deepest relationships with. It's not like you put an ad in the paper and say, seeking one good friend, call Carmen. Um, but it's the people who are the ones I reach for when I'm struggling, the ones I call when I've had a bad day. Um, I've been lucky that two of my best friends are my sisters, so that's sort of built into my life. And, and I know that each one of you is close with your siblings, so I hope that that's something that you can take with you, um, though I'm conscious that not everybody has that relationship or has those siblings. So um, it's always going to be something um, to open yourself up to. One thing that kind of jumped out at me as I was listening to you and kind of reflecting on this question is when you leave college or maybe for some younger college students when you leave high school you don't have to all of a sudden break off the friendships and the relationships that Mm -hmm. you've formed you can go back to those relationships and keep investing in them and use them as kind of you know touchstones on your spiritual journey as Mm -hmm. wherever that wherever the course of your career may take you so I think that there's hope and consolation in that, that those really deeply rooted friendships, the people who kind of walk with you on your spiritual journey, they never really leave if you mm-hmm. continue to turn to them and invest mm-hmm. time in them. And, and there is always that kind of safety net, if you will, to fall back on, or those people who always will encourage you and walk with you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about investing in relationships here in college is I have so many friends from college who I might lose touch with or I might not uh, have that day-to-day connection that I had when I was back on campus, um, but I can always go back. That I think is really important to remember is that the number of friends, the the constancy with which you can connect with them here is going to fade as you, you all move out of college. But I think the really good, strong, real friendships are the ones you can come back to even if you haven't had that daily connection. Yeah, well, MJ's not going to be able to escape me next year since we'll both be in New York. You guys are lucky. (laughs) For the other people in my life who will not be right down the street from me, that's good to remember that we can't always go back. Yeah, yeah. But Kevin, we see each other pretty often on campus, so I don't know if that'll be able to be replicated in the Big Apple. We'll see. Um, Some of my friends that I've enjoyed, you know, the most are the ones that, you know, I don't talk to necessarily every day. Mm -hmm. But when we do talk or when we do see each other, 
we just pick up where we left off. Yep. And to me, I think that's a lot more sustainable yeah. uh, as I go forward, you know, in my life rather than the friends that, you know, if you don't see them every day, it kind of just mm-hmm. loses loses momentum. My favorite kinds of friends are the ones that I don't have to apologize to when I finally pick up the phone or text or email or call. Because I just hate it when you start out your communication with someone with, I'm so sorry, X, Y, or Z. I'm sorry it's been so long. I'm sorry I didn't text you back. Um, I I want to get rid of the guilt and the sort of shame that's associated with it and just get to the good stuff. So a friend that I can be honest with and, and just jump that sort of like social hoop <laughs> um, and, and get to the real friendship stuff, that's the kind of friend that I want to keep. So we all know, you know, we only have so much time and energy over the course of our days, you know, especially during our time in college, which is limited to four years of lots of busy but fun times. Um, and so, you know, obviously also our relationships change over time, as do people. Uh, but I think a question a lot of people have is, how do we know which friendships are particularly special, you know, that we should invest more time in? Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, how do we know which relationships we should maybe take a step back from? Mm-hmm. That's tricky. That's it. Really depends on what you care about. <laughs> um, I think about the friends that I have uh, lost touch with. Um, some examples of sort of reasons is one one friend. We just did the same thing every single time we got together, and I never felt like it was comforting. It was uh, easy, but I never felt like I was going to grow. I never felt like I could bring something. Um, that might be a little bit challenging for myself to that conversation or that relationship. Um, and then just sort of naturally, we just lost touch over over time. And, and I would certainly go back to relationships like that, um, but it might not be the thing that I'm constantly seeking. Um, when I think about the friendships I do hold on to, they're the places where I can maybe go outside my comfort zone a little bit to ask the person, will you go with me to this thing? This is sort of not my usual jam, but I want to try it or I want to challenge myself or I want to think outside the box a little bit. I think that's that might be, that at least that's been my experience of adulthood is when you get into working and you're doing the same thing pretty much every day, um, there can be an element of routine that's really difficult. I, think. I remember when I was about two or three years into working I just woke up and I was like so this is it really every single day is gonna be about 60 percent the same as the previous day and you just get up and you go to work and you come back and you just do all of the things that you mostly do every day so wow, that that sounds great <laughs> but what that means is that the the extra part you get to be really creative about you get to be really excited Um, But I think someone who helps you imagine what the rest of your life might be is important. Yeah, Carmen, I love so much of that. And I think the other thing that you said, um, even in friends who, in the line of encouraging you, but also asking you, you know, the real tough questions to Mm -hmm. ensure that, you know, you're going down a path that you want to be going down. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the real benefits of friends who really know you. So, Carmen, here at Georgetown, I don't know if you've heard, but we like St. Ignatius. Who? Yeah, Who's I, that? I know. He's, <laughs> you know, just this uh, kind of niche saint <laughs> right from back in the day. But uh, one of the kind of Ignatian principles or values that we talk about a lot at Georgetown is this notion of finding God in all things. And I think if we take that seriously, we 
approach our friendships with that as well. And not only are specifically Catholic or faith-based friendships, um, but other friendships as well that can still help us grow as people and grow in our faith. So I guess our question is, how can we grow in faith from what doesn't seem to be a particularly religious or spiritual friendship? How can we kind of embody that Mm. spirit of finding God in all things? Mm. That's a really powerful idea, finding God in all things. And it's it's almost dangerous, right? If we really believe we can find God in all things, then that means both the Catholic friendships and the non-Catholic friendships. It means both the successes and the failures. So yeah, it's, it's a dangerous idea. Um, I think about sort of what we talked about earlier, that friendships that are rooted in faith can be more explicit about, you know, seeking God, finding faith, expressing your commitment to a Christian life. Um, But the friendships that really do understand who I am are going to understand those things. I can't extricate my faith uh, from my identity. I can't carve up parts of myself and say, here are the places where my faith has nothing to do with it, sure. who I am, because that's just not possible. Um, to be really honest, most of my close friends are not committed Christians. Some are, um, but again, the, the friendships in my life that I am really uh, committed to, that I get a lot out of, understand who I am and care about my faith commitment and encourage me to find that expression even more deeply in my life. Wow. Well, that was really beautiful. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> and so we always like to end with a fun question. Mm-hmm. So, Carmen, I lived in Copley my sophomore year, and the best part about it was the fact that the chaplains in Copley are the best, <laughs> which means they have a lot of free food for us. Um, so Carmen's known for her Carbs with Carmen. Um, I think my year it was Tuesday nights, now it's Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. uh, and Carmen makes the best food, everything from <laughs> Rice crispy treats to homemade brownies to quesadillas, basically anything you could want. I think we had a mac and cheese bars at we one did, point in time. Yeah. Um, so Carmen, I think the question is, what is your favorite carb to make and why? My favorite carb probably would have been different when I when you lived in Copley. Probably mm. back then was Rice Krispie Treats, but this year it's Blondies. I've oh. gotten really into Blondies, which I didn't know very well beforehand, but I got sick of brownies. And I thought, how do I make a cookie that's better? Uh, so Blondies are my current favorite. Perfect. That sounds great. And you brought us some right now. Right? Yes, Enjoy. yes. Here we are. <laughs> if only. Next time. Don't worry, Carmen. Wednesday Carbon night. Carmen. Tomorrow we'll night. We'll be there. For Perfect. Sure. Well, this has been great, Carmen. Thank you so much again for your time. Uh, always a pleasure spending time with you mm-hmm. and in a little bit different context today. So Absolutely. We're very grateful for your presence and for all the insight that you shared with us. Thank you. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Carmen, thank you so much again. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Four Years of Faith, a podcast on Catholicism in college. I'm Kevin Jackson. And I'm Mary Joy Kozak. We'll see you next time.